Hey everybody, today we're going to talk about the new Cadbury Bunny, Two Times I Tricked Chris, and the Final Fantasy VII Remake. All this and more on the Heavy Set Podcast. Oh, and yes, we're also going to talk about the Tiger King. you could be here with us today on episode number four of the heavy set podcast and ryan i don't know if you know this or not there's a really bad virus going around called the coronavirus and it's making a bunch of people sick yeah i've heard i like to refer to it as the rona but yeah i'm on the same page (laughs) well i thought i actually had this the other day because you know now all of a sudden you know everything's so quarantined now if you get a slight cough or the sniffles Everybody thinks you're sick. Yeah, and, and plus, I mean, that's that's kind of you. You've always been that kind that's like, well, hey, Chris, there's something going around. Uh, like a hypochondriac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not, you're not that bad, but yeah. I remember the one time, <laughs> just, I remember the time I talked about somebody having amnesia, <laughs> and you went, oh, man, that's pretty rough. Or Am I telling this correctly? <clears throat> Yeah, it was a famous actor I loved who, you said, died of amnesia. <laughs> yeah, you were like, man, that sounds rough. And I said, Chris, can you tell me what amnesia is? I have no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. I knew it was something terrible. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Please go on. Anyway, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I go to work Sunday, and I'm feeling terrible. I wake up, got a bad headache, got like, feeling, got the cold chills. I'm like, uh-oh. The Rona's setting in. Yeah. Sounds rough. And so I'm like, well, maybe it's just, you know, I'm just not feeling well or whatever. I go ahead and go to work, and I just, it feels, I start to feel worse, like, as the day goes on. Yeah. And then finally I get off, and every, on, on every Sunday I go visit mom and dad at mom and dad's house. And I walk in there, and then... Telling mom and dad, like, I've got these symptoms that I feel sick. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of freaked out. It's the Rona. <laughs> the old Rona. And dad's like, your mom's sick, too. And we're describing our symptoms. We've got the same symptoms. Oh, no. And I'm like, so I start freaking out. I'm like, we've got the Rona. <laughs> and then dad has this, like, little temple thermometer. He's like, all right, let's all check our temperatures. And listen, these Temple thermometers that you put to your forehead are not that accurate. Yeah, they were I've never like, used one, but one was like given like a hundred fever. We go back, and then it's ninety-seven. I'm like, what is going on with this thing? I would really think that wouldn't work for you because you always run hot anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're like we're both the same. If we're up doing anything, we're gonna be hot. Like you could be like, hey, go grab the thermometer <laughs> out of the bathroom. I would go to the bathroom and come back and be drenched in sweat. Yeah, which, and, and that's what I told him. I mean, this thing, you can't go off of this because I'm always running hot. But anyway, and so we're kind of talking about it. We're laughing about it, but we're a little concerned. Yeah. And mom starts talking. She goes, you know what? There might be a bad virus going around right now. I and mean, that's why we're getting <laughs> sick. Dad just turns his head to her like, yeah, 
There's a horrible virus going around right now, and it's killing a bunch of people. It's called the coronavirus. Where you been? <laughs> She's like, I didn't even think of that. And I'm like, what? Like, it's all the news. She's like, well, I was thinking of a different virus. No, this is the one we're concerned with right now. <laughs> Dad, Dad's sense of humor is so dry. I can just picture him delivering that line in that dry way. <laughs> oh, dude, and we just sat there and laughed about it while we are passing back and forth the thermometer thing. <laughs> You're sitting there sweating. Hey, I don't know, this thing, I'm 109 degrees. I'm not sure how accurate it is. Chris, you may need to go to the hospital. Nah, I'm good. But hey, we're, while we all feel great now, none of us have the Rona. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. You know, with everything going on, we've been having to stay indoors, which I feel like for us is not really any different from our normal lives. Have you been up to anything? Have you been doing anything? Ryan, you've known me for 27 years. Am I ever <laughs> up to anything besides maybe baking a cake or something like that? Yeah, my life has really not changed. Uh, the main part of this that's really affected me is the television and the lack of sports and those type of things. Now, I understand with everything going on that there are much bigger things at stake than entertainment. I'm not trying to make a lot of anybody's situation, but I think it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm sitting and I didn't realize how much I actually watch sports. And without it, I find myself really just flipping through the craziest things. The new thing I've stumbled upon is dog TV. Have you heard of this? I have seen it, but I have not turned over to that channel. (laughs) I really didn't know this even existed until a week ago. I was just flipping through the channels randomly, and I come across dog TV. I'm like, what is this? It is literally a TV channel for dogs. And I flip over there just out of curiosity. I was leaving on there. It is literally just showing a dog laying around on a bed <laughs> while music plays. <laughs> I'm like, what? what is this? And I leave it there, and I begin to realize I have two dogs in my house. I have a roommate. One is his dog. His name is Dizzy. And my dog's name is Nate. Old Nate Puh. It's actually Nathaniel Gulliver, but we call him Nate for short. One of my little buddies. Anyway, I began to realize that Nate is staring at this. I mean, like, he's watching it. He's watching this dog take a nap on TV. Do you think he knows? Like, that's my cousin. (laughs) That's the thing is I really don't know. I, I mean, I was just completely took back i'm like are you telling me that dogs actually are watching this and and enjoying it and it's just i don't know it has my curiosity peaked and i've been leaving that channel on and just you know sporadically i'll go to it and just leave it on and he seems to really watch it like every time i put it on there you know for the most part he is in tune to what's going on on dog TV, and I don't know why this boggles my mind, but it does. I think there's something to that because years ago I had a roommate that had a Dalmatian dog, and one day, just for giggles, I put on a, uh, what's that cartoon, 101 Dalmatians? Yeah. Dude, I put that on, and that dog was glued to that TV. It was like kind of like, huh, huh, like making noises, and it was a cartoon, but it's still like, I don't know. Maybe animals just can recognize themselves. Who knows? Yeah, I really don't know, but uh, it's interesting. I'll be doing more experiments with dog TV. I'm, I'm, 
I'm watching tons of dog TV just because I want to see how my dogs react to it. I imagine you watching a dog laying on a bed with music playing and like I'm walking into the room. You just change the channel real fast. Like, what the heck were you watching? (laughs) Oh, it's not what you think. I was watching porn. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't watching dogs lay around on beds. You don't want people to know you're watching dog TV. You'd rather think you're watching something terrible. I just feel like that'd be harder to explain. Like, Ryan, what are you watching? I'm watching a dog take a nap on television. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ryan, you have a problem. It requires a backstory. That's what I'm saying. Whereas if I told you I was watching an adult movie, well, okay, that kind of makes sense. I'm watching a dog stare at his reflection in a pool while music plays in the background. What's the plot? That's it. That's the plot of the show. The dog sees himself, and my dog watches him. This quarantine's really getting to you, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I will say, uh, you know, for me, of course, we've been real lucky. You know, we're, I'm not sick. No one in my household is sick. So we've, we've been good. I don't want to, you know, try to make a, a big deal out of it. But I do realize, you know, how much I miss things being the way they were as far as going to the store and it not being a big deal and everything. And once again, we just want to say, you know, we hope everybody's doing good. Our thoughts and prayers with everybody, whether it be business owners or people that are actually sick being affected by this. You know, hopefully, you know, we're getting through the worst of this and they'll get back to normal. Let's, you know, <clears throat> you're talking about TV shows. Now let's talk about a TV show idea that you've had years ago. Oh. You remember this? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. I actually forgot about it. And what's bad is I was going to bring it up last show, and I forgot about it then, too. We were so tired last time we recorded. Uh, we were just forgetting all sorts of things. But, yes, I came up with an idea at my cousin's wedding. Anybody that watched the last episode heard me tell a story about going to my cousin's wedding and the, they're basically being the flimsiest chairs you've ever seen at this wedding. It gave me a phenomenal idea. It's called Fat Proofers. <laughs> Now, basically what this is, is I want a reality TV show called Fat Proofers where I show up and fat proof events. Chris, what do you think about this? Dude, I think that you just struck gold right there. I th- hey, I think this is a really a great idea. I show up, I make sure the chairs are sturdy, <laughs> that no matter where you're at, you're not too far away from food or drink, a nice air-conditioned environment. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy, especially the heavyset crowd. Yeah, you mean you literally named all the things that I'm looking for when I go to a event? Oh, I hope there's a chair for me. Oh, yes, there is. Fat proofers. We got 80 lazy boys out here. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing in recliners. Don't worry. The temperature in this room is always set to 50. <laughs> Everybody, all the normal size people are freezing to death. <laughs> All the heavy set folks are prospering. But I'm telling you, I think this could be a great idea. I don't know. Fat proofers. I, even It just rolls off the tongue. Who are you going to call? Fat proofers. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. I forgot about it last week. Remember, anybody, anybody, everybody, if you have an event and your first thought is wicker furniture, please don't do it. Call me, Ron Hawthorne, fat proofer. 
You know, speaking of events, I found out about a new event that has taken place. Actually, it already has taken place. Chris, have you heard about the search for the new Cadbury Bunny? I have not until a couple of days ago when you sent me that um, email. Oh, man. Okay. I've not heard about this either. It actually started last year. And I guess it's a contest they do now where they find a new Cadbury Bunny mascot. They had one last year. Now, of course, they have a new one again this year. It'll be done yearly, I guess, from here on out. I don't know. I never heard, never heard about this. I was talking to Caitlin, talking to my girlfriend, and she was asking me what we we're going to be talking about. I was just kind of running through a couple things. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she just shot out, Do you, did you hear about the new Cadbury Bunny? And I was kind of like, yes, yes. Oh, wait, 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 what? They're replacing the Cadbury Bunny? <laughs> Let me let me just explain something. Every year, I'm sure anybody that watches television has seen for the last 20, maybe 20 plus years, they have shown the Cadbury Bunny commercial where it's the balking bunny and he is bringing people Cadbury cream eggs. Chris, I know, please tell me you've had a Cadbury cream egg. I think I've had one. Like a couple times. That answer disgusts and disappoints <laughs> me. This is literally my favorite Easter time treat. These it's, things are amazing. I, I love these things. It's almost like it's too sweet. I actually probably haven't had one of these things since I was a kid, to be honest with you. We need to wrap this up. You need to put on your traveling cap. And we need to go find one <laughs> right now. Because you need to try it again. I, I love The chocolate is good quality. They're delicious. The filling is on the sweet side, but they actually make a couple different variants of that now. They have a caramel-filled one and a chocolate-flavored cream. You might like those better. I was always the Easter candy kind of kid where it was the Peeps, and we there were some like uh, those chocolate malt eggs or whatever. Yeah, like the Whoppers. Yeah, I love those. Those are good. You know, I'm a fan of candy in general. But my favorite is honestly the Cadbury cream egg, this time of year anyway. But you said they got a new mascot, so what was it? Okay, here's the thing. When I first heard about this, my first thought was anger and enragement. Because you know I am a nostalgic person. There's certain things, especially like pop culture things from my childhood, I don't like to see changed. And when I heard that they were replacing the Cadbury bunny... My first thought was, they're not going to show the commercial anymore. You know, they're kicking him out the door. Because the new mascot is not even a rabbit. The new mascot is a dog. A two-legged dog named (laughs) Lieutenant Dan. (laughs) Not making this up. Dude, I bet you were like, what are y'all doing? You're getting rid of my chocolate bunny? (laughs) That's what I thought. I was like, you're killing my childhood, Lieutenant Dan. (laughs) Yes, my okay. I just want to specify my first reaction was anger, because I'm like I want to keep the bunny. Then I started researching this for the podcast. I brought up the picture of the winner, the winning animal. It was this dog, only front legs. His back half of his body is in a little like doggy <coughs> wheelchair. He's on wheels. Uh, you know, yeah, and he's got bunny ears on, and he is cheesing for the camera. Yes, let me just tell you, this mug melted my heart. I have seen the photo, and it was touching. All of, all of a sudden, I was behind this. I'm like, Lieutenant Dan, I love you. 
I will also buy Cadbury cream eggs from you. Dude, because nothing will play on your heart like a two-legged dog in a little doggy wheelchair. Oh, <laughs> well, I with mean, bunny ears on its head. We're both dog people. <clears throat> I mean, we both love dogs. And yes, I fell for this dog. He had a, he was born with a deformity on his back paws and his tail, so he had to have him removed. But he is still a happiest looking dog you've ever seen. And the thing is, as I looked more into it. I began to understand is they're not really replacing the old Cadbury Bunny commercial or the Cadbury Bunny. They're basically just adding this to it. Uh, the winner last year was also a dog. And the other animals in the running for this year was a duck, a hamster, and a llama. Now, they didn't win, but it just goes to show you kind of a interesting slash weird thing they're doing with this contest. Something I don't want to happen is I don't want there every year to be like some animal with some horrible injury or, or deformity. Yeah. So they can just sell a bunch of candy because, heck, next year it may be a, a cat with an eye patch on crutches or something like that, you know? <laughs> first, off, first off, Chris, these babies sell themselves. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so, you, so you say. But I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I don't want it to always be a thing where they're like playing on your heartstrings. Like, you know those little Sarah McLaughlin animal commercials that are playing nonstop? Oh, oh man, I, I can't stand those. They start shoving like that poor little poor little two-legged Lieutenant Dan in a cage, and they're shoving those you know cream eggs in there. <laughs> what, the mistreatment of Lieutenant in Dan? In the eyes of an angel. Shoving <laughs> oh, yeah. those chocolates in there and dogs can't eat chocolate like lieutenant dan no don't do it lieutenant dan it'll hurt you <laughs> yeah i could be having the best day ever i mean have a skip of my step i see that five seconds of that commercial you're talking about all of a sudden the world just seems a little darker yeah i gotta turn it off like you're not gonna guilt trip me because who knows if those that who knows if that money's really going to those animals might be going to her funding her next music project whatever the heck she does yeah uh, now that i cannot speak to but i can say lieutenant dan thank you for being a triumph for these <laughs> for handicapped animals everywhere i'm glad you're the new cadbury bunny wear the wear the ears proudly my friend you go lieutenant dan the heavyset podcast salutes you i will still buy chocolate eggs from you don't worry <laughs> It could have been a dead walrus on the cover. I would have still bought those. Yeah, it really didn't matter. I prefer, I prefer Lieutenant Dan or the original Cadbury Bunny, but it could have been Gilbert Godfrey up there talking in his screeching voice, <laughs> buy these eggs and eat them now. And I would have been like, yes, sir, Mr. Godfrey. <laughs> so speaking of uh, new things coming out, I just want to talk about a a video game remake that's that's actually it's releasing here in the next few hours. I don't know if anybody is familiar with the Final Fantasy series of video games, but they are they have just released the Final Fan, the Final Fantasy VII remake. For those of you that don't know, this game was released back in was it 96, 97? I, th I think it was ninety seven on the original PlayStation, and it was like I think the best selling game of all time. I don't know if it was the best-selling game of all time. I know it may very well be for, the best-selling RPG for that day. Oh, it was a huge game. When yeah, it came for out. that day that, and time, I'm sure it's been surpassed now. But uh, let me ask you this, Chris: uh, Now, is 
this your favorite Final Fantasy game? This is my probably as as it is for a lot of people. It's probably the best storyline with Cloud and all those Barrett and all those characters. Yeah, and the the villains like the perfect villain in the series. What's cool is just you know when you're playing that on the when you're playing that game on the original PlayStation, and of course back then you're blown away by graphics. Yeah, but you you thought to yourself, well, this could be so much more. Like you know, I thought for years what it could be like, and so I downloaded the demo here the other day, which I played it in front of you. Oh yeah, it, it got and, me excited. I'm also a fan of this series, and Final Fantasy VII is also my favorite. And it's a beautiful looking game. It actually got me excited about it. And you know, some people were turned off by the fighting style because on the you know on the old ones it was uh, was that turn based turn based yeah. And I a was JRPG. I was the same way. I was against it. I was like, I don't know if I want to play this to where you're actually controlling the character. And so I was a big fan of that turn-based style. But I figured out that they have what's called a classic mode. So your character can still do all the fighting, and you can just kind of control the potions or actions or spells or whatever you want to call it. So it basically makes it like the old game, more of a turn-based combat. Somewhat. So that's the mode I I settled on. Loved it. Now... My only complaint about this is, do you, if you remember correctly, the original for the PlayStation, that game was probably like close to like 90 or maybe 100 hours long. Oh, yeah. You know, it took you forever to beat it. This one, from what I've been reading, is going to be 30 minutes long, and it's only going to include a portion of the original story. Well, let me just stop you right there, Chris. One, because I have something to say. And two, because it will not be 30 minutes long. I'm pretty sure it's going to be 30 30 minutes. (laughs) I think the demo was longer than that. But, yes, it's supposed to to take around 30 hours. Yeah, 30 hours. Thanks for correcting me. Yeah, I've heard different things. I've heard it might just be broken up into two pieces. But I've also heard they might push it out to as many as five, five games to tell the whole story. And that was my biggest problem at this point. I have not played the remake. I watched you play the demo, and honestly, it looked amazing, and it actually got me excited. And I was basically like, I want to talk about it in the podcast because it looked amazing, and I did love the original. But at the time, I didn't realize that they were going to break it up into multiple installments. And I was like, that's kind of crappy. I really don't like that decision. Yeah, I don't know if it's because it's such a a large project and with all the new graphics, they couldn't just fit it all into one game. They have, they have to stretch it out. But also, it feels like it may be like a big money plot to just rake in the cash because, heck, I mean, that that's 60 bucks a pop. And if you put that in five installments, I mean, I don't think they're going to do – I think they may – I hope they just do two, but it looks like they may end up doing two or three, I'm thinking. Well, the part that is supposed to make up the first game is just at the very most, at the most, uh, one-third of the game. So in my mind, I'm thinking there'll be at least uh, three parts, two more installments in it to get the full Final Fantasy VII experience. Now, I think it's kind of, I don't know, it's hard for me to explain I think it's weird that they added new stuff to kind of, you know, fill out the story. If you have so much story that you're having to have multiple games to tell it, why are you trying to shove so much uh, new stuff in there 
And from the reviews I've read, the new things they've added have not been really well received. Yeah, I've heard they've added like, I think like a bunch of side quests, which are fine, but they've added things called like certain mazes and stuff. Yeah, I've heard about. I heard the same thing, and I've heard that it kind of takes away from the game a little bit, like the story mode. So I don't know. It just you know, I'll, it comes out tonight, so I'm gonna play a little bit of it, and we'll see how it goes. I just, I just hope because I know as soon as I beat it, I'm going to be excited for the next installment. Yeah, and I've heard rumors that is it's not true yet that they may wait a couple years to release the next installment. My man, I don't want to wait two years. To play the next installment of this game, I bet if you only if you only have to wait two years, I'd be really surprised. See, I was thinking more like a four year gap, just because of how long it takes to I hope not make a game of that scale. Okay, like okay, as far this is pretty much my last word on it, and this is how I kind of feel. I'm still excited about it because I love Final Fantasy VII. For me personally, the deal breaker is going to be. Whether or not they release add-ons or expansions for this game, for the first part of this game. Because, you know, that's the big thing now. You release a title, and then you add expansion packs that you can buy online. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, you buy all that, and it just adds more to the game. You get more playability out of it. Now, they're already going to break up Final Fantasy VII into multiple installments. We already know that. Now, in order for you to get the full experience of the original game if you have to buy expansions for every game to get the full story that i'll have a little problem with yeah i'm going to be pretty upset at that if that happens i, I feel like that's just that's what i too much about, of a consumer uh, that's what i can't stand about uh, video game companies now because everybody's releasing this they release a 60 dollar game yeah. Okay, then. Well, let's throw all this add-in stuff and make you pay, you know, 10, $10 more dollars here, 10 more dollars there. I'm like, man, everybody's just so money-hungry. A game now is an investment, definitely. Yeah, it's just getting ridiculous, but, you know, I guess that's the game we're playing now. The other thing about it, well, I, here is, here's the thing. I have plenty of time to think about it because I do not have a PlayStation 4, and there's a deal with PlayStation that they have an exclusive year to this title before it can come out on anything else so it's at least going to be a year before i see this pop up on xbox so i'll see what happens in that time frame but i'm still feeling good about it i love the original it's one of my favorite games from my childhood probably this game uh super mario brothers 3 and uh zelda ocarina of time probably my three favorite games of all time at least from you know at least from my childhood i have a really fast short story and then we'll move on the story is a little colorful but i mean there's no profanity profanity or anything in it and it's kind of odd but whenever we were kids or teenagers whatever you know friends would come over a lot and we would play video games i mean i'm sure you remember this oh my yeah friends coming over justin's yours you know whatever well my friend kenny came over and we decided that we were going to play a little final fantasy 7 i can't remember if we were just playing it for old time's sake or if it was still new at the time and he was wanting to look at it i can't remember the details what i do remember about this story is i opened the case up pull out disc one because it was a multi-disc game 
and it had what appeared to be Vaseline all over the back of it. <laughs> all over the back of the disc? Yes, and to this day, I don't know what was actually on that disc or why it was on there, how it got there. I'm not sure. I pull the game out. Me and Kenny are talking. I pull it out. It looks like the back has Vaseline on it. And all of a sudden now, neither one of us are saying anything. We're just staring down at this disc. <laughs> staring down at a copy of this game covered in Vaseline. And then he slowly raises his head towards me. I see the look in his eye. And he dryly says to me, What have you been doing with this game, Bass? <laughs> What is happening with this disc? And obviously, I'm like, I have no idea. I don't even know what that is. And I still don't know what it was, but that's what it looked like. Like Vaseline. I bet you don't know what happened to that game. (laughs) Turns out Ryan really loves Final Fantasy VII. (laughs) And for anybody that doesn't know, yes, he called me Bass because my nickname growing up was always Sea Bass. I figure most people listening probably know that. If you don't know, yeah, that's why they called me that. But yes, we definitely had a good laugh. To this day, I don't know what was actually on that game. I wiped it off with a paper towel. It played fine, but it was very mysterious. Let's hope that's not on the remake. (laughs) (laughs) We might might have to bring in Justy Bug and then do an ambush interrogation. Do you remember what was on the disc of that game? Did you put it there? Tell me the truth, Justy Bug. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you keep your games clean and in working order. Don't have the same problem I had. But yeah, that comes out tomorrow officially. Yeah, or midnight, midnight tonight as we're recording this. And I've okay. got it pre-downloaded. It's all ready to go. All right, sounds good. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out tonight at midnight. Or I guess you would say April 10th, 2020. So, yeah, you're stuck at home, ain't got nothing to do. You got 60 bucks, check it out. All right, Chris, I'd like to move on to something that we had many, many, many requests for. I had lots of people sending me messages. I know you said you had people send you messages wanting to talk about this next topic. Of course, I'm referring to the Tiger King. Ah, yes, the, (laughs) the Tiger King. You know, when someone brought this up to me before I knew what the heck it was. They were like, this guy in Oklahoma has a exotic animal park. And after I watched it, it's basically exactly what I expected from a exotic animal park in Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know, Tiger King is a documentary, AKA a docu-series on Netflix. It's super popular right now. Even if you haven't seen it, I'm sure if you have any kind of social media, you have at least heard about this or some of the characters that are in this documentary. And it is one of the most insane things or that I've ever seen. Let me correct that. One of the most insane true stories that I've ever seen. Because this ain't a scripted show. It's a documentary. Yeah, the whole thing is bizarre because as you're watching it, you keep on telling yourself, is this real? Like, is that really happening? And it's like, as long as it keeps on just getting murkier and murkier as the episodes go on, and you just can't believe what you're watching. Like, this is really going on out in the world. Yeah, the thing is, it has several characters in it. I mean, they talk to several different people. There's a lot of people that's intertwined in this story. Every one of these people are colorful and crazy enough to have their own documentary. I mean, just focused on them, because there's so much absurdity in this. And if you haven't seen or heard about it, the best way I can explain it is if the cast of Duck Dynasty, 
was obsessed with tigers instead of hunting ducks, and all the men were gay and on meth. <laughs> if if all those things occurred, then you would probably you would have something close to the Tiger King. Here's the thing: the main characters are Joe Exotic, uh, Carol Baskins, of course, and Doc Antle. And and I would probably say Jeff Lowe. Yeah, Jeff Lowe. All of these people own animal parks and have enormous egos. Yeah. They're almost like cult leaders because Joe Exotic has two boyfriends. Now, not not just boyfriends, husbands. That's right. I forgot they got There's married. There's a scene in this documentary where Joe Exotic, who I would refer to as the main character of this, he is the Tiger King, marries two of his boyfriends at the same time. <laughs> it's not like he has one in Oklahoma, then one over in Texas. No, it shows him in the middle, and then his boyfriend John on one side, and his other boyfriend Travis on the other. And he looks pleased as punch to be marrying both of them in a joint wedding. Can't say the same for the other two fellas, but... <laughs> yeah, they were hey. like, am I going to get more meth out of this? <laughs> yeah, they were getting free meals. Probably a lot of free other things. Okay, well, yeah, I'll be gay for that. <laughs> another thing i want to throw in is both of them basically say in the documentary that they're they weren't really homosexual but because of drugs or just different things they just kind of went a- along with it yeah they, they they were talking about how they were stooping all the women who worked in the park one guy actually got a girl pregnant and then ran off and married her yeah unfortunately the other one accidentally shot himself in the head Man, it was sad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, but that's the thing. It's just crazy. And that's just a, a couple, a small percentage of what's going on in this show. And then you, and then you fast forward to uh, Doc Annell. The dude has like five, or I'm not sure how many, six women, six saucy vixens working for him. <laughs> yeah. And they're all basically in a relationship, in a relationship with him. And they're dressed like, I don't know, like in shorty shorts, you know, like leopard tops with a bunch of cleavage hanging out. Yeah, he's basically kind of running like a cult is what it kind of amounts to. And some of the girls were like, you know, he was teaching some sort of form of yoga to him. And like, because one of them actually left the the, the tiger sanctuary and was talking about how he was using the yoga or whatever the Buddhism stuff he was teaching to him to actually, you know, to have them sleep with him. Kind of a justification for having <laughs> 50 wives, basically. And this joker rides up in on an elephant. <laughs> he's banging all these brides he's got working for him. And they're working from 8 a.m. to, what, 12 at midnight? Uh, yeah, I think it was midnight. Not No days off. And they're like, it's great. We love it here. We get to sleep with this guy. Yeah, And then he walks in you know, riding the elephant. <laughs> and, he, and he looks like this type of guy. He looks exactly. like the type of guy, like they're working their cracks off. He's lounging in a chair they're, while they're fanning him and feeding him grapes. I mean, it's it's it's, it's insane. Crazy. And they're actually talking to the women, and the women are like, we like it here. I mean, it, it's like I said, it's kind of like a cult. It, it's crazy. It's got that whole brainwashing effect. I also want to bring up James Garretson. That's the, the dude that's popular now for the memes of him riding on a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> basically he looks like a human version of comic book guy from the simpsons the best way to describe him looks like he might listen to this podcast that type of guy <laughs> yeah, oh yeah definitely a heavy set dude every time i saw him i was like why would you choose to have this hair 
I can't hardly describe it. It's like this short. It comes down on the sides, and then it's straight. That's a weird thing. But it's a short cut. It like ended right about his ears. The thing is, everybody looks insane. You know, Joe Exotic's got a crazy look. Even Carol Baskin, the the woman in this, she's like dressed in nothing but like leopard print, has these weird things she wears over her head. The whole thing is just weird. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like when the documentary first introduces Carol Baskin, it almost kind of makes her sound like she is the voice of reason just for a short time. And then they start diving into her story. And you find out about how her last husband disappeared under very strange circumstances and all this type of jargon. Yeah, I mean, and the whole thing is, like, yeah, she's supposed to be, I guess, supposedly, like, the good character in all this. Like, she's trying to shut down all these other uh, big cat sanctuaries. And you were like, you're like, man, you're just as greedy as the rest of them. I'm like, you want to have the only supposedly big cat rescue, but you're still showing off all these tigers. She had all these volunteers that aren't I'm sh- not being paid. Yeah, not being paid. No, yeah, all her or basically what it made it sound like all her workers are there for free. Like you know, she's reaping any sort of financial benefit. And you talk about her 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 missing husband. There's a of course you know Joe Exotic hates Carol Baskin, and he had multiple internet shows where every day because Carol Baskin was trying to shut Joe Exotic down. Yeah. So nonstop he was making Carol Baskin music videos. Uh, just talking about how much he hate, how much he hated her. Oh wait, wait, Chris. I, I I feel like I gotta stop you because I feel like we cannot glaze over the fact that Joe Exotic made music videos. They didn't just make music videos, but actually recorded full country style albums. <laughs> and Chris, I've gotta say this and I'm being serious. I'll be danged if I didn't start tapping my toe along with these songs. Yeah, he actually sounded all right. It catchy. blows you away. Yeah, I was the same way. Like I was humming it in my head as I was driving down the road. You got that something. Around. I was like, dang it, Joe Exotic. His voice ain't bad. She fed him to a tiger. I'm kind of gay. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I I'm mean, He actually sounded halfway decent. Have a real long mullet. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Back to what you were saying. No, that's great. I'm glad you brought that up because get on YouTube and go look up his music videos. They're hilarious. The documentary gets super heated. He thinks people are out to get him, and which they are. And there's a part in the documentary where the tiger starts. He's in the tiger cage. The tiger starts attacking his shoe, and then sure enough, like ends up starting to drag him off. And he thought somebody set him up. And he was like, maybe they put perfume on my shoes or, you know, someone set me up. Yeah. You know, someone related to Carol Baskin. And then it pans to Carol Baskin in the documentary. And she's like, you don't put perfume on shoes if you want a tiger to eat them. You put something like sardine oil, something the cats will like. A light bulb went off and I'm like, yeah, sardine oil, what you covered your husband in after you fed him to the tigers. Here, baby, here's that new aftershave I got for you. Why do I smell like fish? Don't worry about it. (laughs) Rubbing this all over your body for me. Take a walk out in the cage. This is not sexual. (laughs) Take a walk. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm, you know, when I think, uh, speaking of all this, Donald Trump is supposedly going to reopen up this case and take a look at it. You know, I've been hearing lots of things about it. You talk about a piece of entertainment falling at the perfect time. You got COVID-19 going on. There's more people staying inside. 
watching television, watching this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden they drop this insane, crazy docu-series on Netflix. And I understand why people are going crazy over it. I mean, it's, it's, it's an experience. Watching it is an experience. And speaking of Netflix and good shows, man, I just want to talk about the, sh- the show Oa's Ark. And don't I, worry, I'm not going to give any spoilers out. I want to say, let me say one more thing before you move on. Well, first off, I guess we should have said, you know, spoilers about Tiger King because we did give some spoilers. <laughs> the big but, cat's out of the bag now. Yeah, but uh, Jeff Lowe, who's another one of the main characters, came out and said that they possibly are going to release another episode of Tiger King, which I guess is going to, you know, tell more of what's going on behind the scenes or whatever. He didn't go into any details. Who knows if that's real or true. But he did say during an interview that he was going to talk about it. And before we move on, Chris, I want to ask, what is your review? What are your thoughts, final thoughts on Tiger King? 10 out of 10. You got to watch it. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. I mean, I was I was hooked. How could you not be? All the crazy shenanigans that goes on. Here, here's the thing, and this will kind of segue you into your next topic. I, under the circumstances... I like Tiger King. My final grade on it is a 7 out of 10. I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. My biggest thing against it is it overshadowed this next show that you're getting ready to talk about. Now, Chris, go ahead and go on with what you were saying. What, what, are, you, what are you getting ready to say? There's a, uh, well, it's a, oh, I guess it's now a old series on Netflix, but it's a, they released a new season recently, and the show is called Ozark. And I just recently finished this last season last night and i'm not going to give anything away but man was it incredible yeah ozark is a scripted series it's about a family that is washing money for a mexican cartel stars jason bateman uh the new season season three was just released it's a phenomenal show it's being not really being talked about it's being overshadowed by tiger king definitely but trust me, it's also great. If you haven't seen it, check check it out. Chris, my, my review for this, my number would be a 9.5 out of 10. I, I really loved it. I liked it a lot. Dude, I'm right there with you. The only reason I would give it a 9.5 as well is because the first season's a good. Second season, not so good, in my opinion. The third season, really good. I totally agree. I thought this was the best season. I feel the same way about seasons one and two. The whole series is worth checking out. I recommend it. Please go watch this. It does have some rough stuff in it as far as profanity and, uh, you know, kind of raw content. So be aware of that. And I don't think it goes without saying that Tiger King also has those things. But they're pretty decent. If you need a distraction, check them out. Okay, and now let's move on to the next topic of the episode and one topic I am not looking forward to. (laughs) This actually got cut from the last episode. Not so much cut as me and Chris were so deliriously sleepy that we accidentally skipped over this. I'm still not sure how we did it, but it happened. And it was supposed to be before April 1st, which is why it was going to be last episode, to go kind of with April Fool's Day. But the name of this segment is Ryan Tricks Chris. Now, Chris, can you kind of explain what this is? Listen... (laughs) (laughs) ryan is the king of bamboozling if you want to call it that (laughs) 
Let me just explain to you the type of brother Ryan is. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. You know, this is Ryan. This is my. This is our childhood in a nutshell, and what I dealt with on a daily basis, and pretty much why I am who I am today. <laughs> just a quick, a real quick story. When I, whenever we were kids, uh, me, Ryan, and old Justy Bug, well, mom and dad would leave the house. It was like a free for all. <laughs> you know, all kinds of shenanigans going on, and I'll never forget one day, Ryan was in the back room of the house, and back there we had like it was like a pantry. Like a, it was a big room. We had like a, but it was set up like a pantry. It had like bread and soda pop sometimes and like little stuff like that. Ryan walks in the back room with a cup, I notice. <laughs> and he walks back out a few minutes later and he's red faced and just grinning and laughing. <laughs> that could be true of any day for me. Red faced, grinning. This is, this is a little more sinister. <laughs> okay. And it's me and Justy Bugger in the kitchen. And he's like, hey, Justy Bug, I poured you a glass of ginger ale. And he's like laughing and he handed it to him. <laughs> of course, we're like, why would you pour us a cup of ginger ale? Like, out of, out of the blue. Let me do something nice for you. Here you go. Quench your <laughs> thirst. And Justin's like, wait a second. Why is this warm? He's <laughs> like, why did you? Why did you pour me a cup of ginger ale? <laughs> why Why is it hot? Why is it 98 degrees? He's like, why is this burning my hands? <laughs> and they're like, you peed in this glass. So Ryan took, and by the way, my favorite Disney Pinocchio glass. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was ticked about it. You took my little Pinocchio glass in there, took a whiz in it, <laughs> and tried to get Justin to drink it. <laughs> yes, I really don't think that happened. Then what are you talking <laughs> But Justy Bug wasn't asleep right now. I would call him to get confirmation on the story because it happened. All right, Chris. All right, good story. I had that coming, I guess, because I'm going to tell two stories about times I tricked you. Now, to set this up, I could have probably went on an hour just about different times I either tricked you or tried to trick you. Just kind of play little jokes on you. But I, I narrowed it down to two stories, and these have both happened within the last probably three or four years. This ain't from our childhood. This is fairly present day. And we might come back and do a part two, a part three, a part four to this. You know, we'll just see what people think about it. But we thought, in honor of April Fool's Day, this would be pretty funny. Now, Chris, I'm going to tell these two stories. What I want for you is to listen, and if I'm embellishing or... If, say, you know, I'm, I'm, you think any of it's not true. If I'm, if I'm misremembering, please say something, okay? Well, you misremember a lot of things. <laughs> because it's pretty hilarious in my head. But, you know, maybe I'm not looking at it correctly. You let me know, all right? I want to fast forward to Thanksgiving. I think it was three years ago, correct? Some, yeah, something like that. Think about, I think it was like three years ago, like 2017, somewhere around there. We were going to have a Thanksgiving dinner at my parents' house. Now, every single year, my grandma makes a pie that my dad loves. The name of this pie is Razzleberry Pie. It's basically a mixed berry pie. Now, I go to Chris the day before Thanksgiving, and I tell him that grandma has renamed her Razzleberry Pie to Huckleberry Sniz. Why did I do this? Really no reason. Sometimes I just throw things at the wall to see if they'll stick. <laughs> but I tell Chris, the name of her grandma's pie now is Huckleberry Sniz. She renamed it. 
And what a thing to make up. <laughs> However, the trick to all this is it's something that I could see our grandma doing. Yeah. So I mean, that's, I, that's the thing is why would I say this? Yeah, why would you make true? it up? It's like nonchalant. <laughs> oh, by the way, now it's Huckleberry Sniz. So let me take it from here. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I'm okay. my- all right. Wait, I want to say one more thing first. The key to making all this work for me, or the, what, the comedy I get out of it, is trying to persuade Chris to confront our father about it so he can be like, what? <laughs> and be like, tell Chris that he got tricked. But anyway, go on, Chris. Take it from here. So I think, like, why in the world is Grandma calling this Huckleberry Sniz of all things? <laughs> it just sounds kind of weird. So, of course, I'm like, well, Dad has to have a comment about this. So I go to Dad the next day, and I'm like, hey, uh, Ryan told me about Grandma changing the name of Razzleberry Pie to Huckleberry Sniz. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, what do you think about that? Dad just is staring at me like, he goes, do what? I'm like, yeah, Ryan told me that she changed the name to Razzleberry Pie to Huckleberry Sniz. <laughs> Huckleberry Sniz. And Dan's like, Chris, I think Ryan's pulling one over on you because that <laughs> did not happen. And I, I wish so bad I would have been there for that moment. That's the payoff. Oh, man, I remember looking up like, dang it, Ryan. Because in my head, I'm just like, well... Chris, he duped you again. Yeah, I know. Like, dang it, right? Like, you're like, I feel so foolish. Like, why did I believe that? But <laughs> then again, I thought that sounds like it could be something that could actually happen. The secondary payoff would have been had you not went to dad, but you went to grandma and been like, hey, did you bring some Huckleberry Sniffs? <laughs> and they're being like, Chris, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Chris, get out of here with that kind of language. What? I don't and now, think, but hey, Chris, here's the good thing about it is now it's become part of our tradition. Every single year, what do we bring up? Huckleberry Sniz. And on Christmas, I say, hey, don't worry. Grandma's making her famous peppermint sniz. <laughs> put, a little, put a little twist on let's it. Let's all laugh at the expense of Chris. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and move on to the next one we're going to talk right. about. Okay. One more. I, I love this one. <laughs> My last story about when I tricked Chris is Chris was at work one day. A lot of times during his dead times or on his lunch break, you know, we'll call and chit chat, just, you know, talk about what's going on. And I tell Chris one day why I said this, I have no idea. Once again, just throwing stuff at the wall to see if it'll stick. That there's a documentary out there where people make lunch meat out of roadkill. Chris is, I can hear hear it in Chris's voice that his interest is peaked. Because there's like a silence for a split second that I'm I'm picking up on. And I'm like, I think he's starting to take the bait. I think I might have him. Because you know I love crazy conspiracy theories and his weird documentaries about stuff like this. The part in the story where I actually hook you is when I tell you that they do a deep dive into this company that was making roadkill into lunch meat and serving it to schools. And they go, (laughs) this is all made up, by the way. (laughs) They go to the old facility and they said, and I told you there's a whole room full of skunk tails nailed to the wall from the skunks that they use to make this bologna and stuff out of. (laughs) I'm like, I got you. Because you were just like, are you serious? Yeah. So I feel so foolish now. How stupid (laughs) I was. The fake name for this documentary is The Enemy of my enemy is baloney 
and I made that up right off the top of my head. <laughs> I tell you this, and you were like so excited. You're like, I'm gonna go home and make me something to eat in the microwave or something and watch this documentary. I can't wait. Yeah, I went. I spent the whole rest of my day at work thinking about that documentary, <laughs> Plan, planning. I planned my whole afternoon around it. I'm like, I'm gonna go home, make me a cheeseburger, and um, at that time, I had a jailbroken Fire Stick, so you yeah. can search up any uh, anything you want. So <clears throat> I start typing, and you got to in in this little Fire Stick. It's a long, you know, title. The enemy of my enemy is baloney. And a lot of times, if you want to find something. You got to put the entire title in. Yeah, you got to do it every time. And nothing's coming up. And I'm like, I know that, like, this fire stick has the most obscure movies. I know it's got to be on here. Dude, I spend close to an hour and then (laughs) looking for this movie. And I'm like, I can't find this. And, like, all of a sudden, for the first time, I start thinking about it. Like, wait a second. (laughs) The enemy, the title is The Enemy of My Enemy is Baloney. They're using roadkill and making it into lunch meat. There's a factory full of skunk tails. All of a sudden, I'm like, damn it, Ryan. I remember. I remember you texting me and telling me, uh, hey, I'm having trouble finding it. And I'm like, it's there. Check your spelling or yada, yada. I'm just going to try to push you to do this as long as hey, possible. because I'm pouring gas on the fire. And then ten, 10 minutes later, he texts me back. You're like, you sack of crap. Yeah, was, I see that text, and I just start dying laughing. No, the, the text he sent back was, I'll never forget this. It's like, and you can enjoy that documentary with a big slice of Huckleberry Sniz. <laughs> I was, dude, I was fuming at how stupid I felt. I remember, because I told you that one of the things I always try to do, like the payoff, is trying to get you to involve Dad so he can be the one to tell you, I think Ryan's duping you. And I remember encouraging you to ask Dad if he, if he yeah, had heard anything so much about like, ask, like, Dad loves that documentary. Ask him. I'm like, dude, like, Dad would have talked to me about this if he'd have watched it. This is insane. Yeah. If this actually happened, it would have been national headlines. It's How come I like it was made it? up? <laughs> yeah. What's funny is, like, to make matters worse, my roommate at the time walked in there. You know, everything you search... Uh, on that particular fire stick had everything listed. Yeah, it shows your search history. Yeah, so, and um, he was looking on there and he goes, what in the world is the enemy of my enemy is baloney? I got so mad, I was like, don't even ask. <laughs> the oh. more people that it reaches and touches, just the better it makes it for me. I was like, I refuse to talk about this. I remember you actually took a picture of your search history and like sent it to me. It was like all normal things like Seinfeld, Duck Dynasty, the enemy my enemy is baloney. <laughs> I just got another kick out. The of thing it. is, it's not like we're kids. <laughs> I'm a grown man falling yeah. for my stupid brother's tricks, and I'm still trying to trick you. And it, it's developed a sense of tr- like you know distrust between us because every time you tell me, even if it's real things, I don't believe you. <laughs> like I, I ain't falling for that, Ryan. I'm like Chris. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like why would you like why would I lie about this? Like why would you make up? Huckleberry sniz. Oh, man. But anyway, Chris, okay. I want you to have a good late April Fool's Day. Since it's supposed to been last episode, I know we missed the mark, but I still thought it was worth coming back and revisiting this segment. And that was the time, a couple of the times that Ryan tricked Chris. We may do another one of these down the road, but I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. 
all right, Chris, I'm going to have some mercy on you. Be like, okay, we're done. Let's let's move on to the next topic. That's hypothetical hootenanny. Ah, uh, yes, everybody's favorite topic, or so they say. If you don't know, we're going to lodge, lodge, lob a couple hypotheticals at each other, and we have to say how we would handle the situation. We can't just be like, I don't know. we got to actually say what we would do. Now, Chris, let me ask you, do you want to go first this week, or do you want me to? Yeah, I'll go ahead and go first. Okay, lay it on me. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be so weird. And also, we don't know these ahead of time. I'm hearing this for the first time. Okay, Ryan. On you get a you get a random Facebook message from Garth Brooks's team around him. I don't know production team or whatever. His entourage. His entourage. They send you a message on Facebook like, "Listen, we hear that you used to play drums back in the day. Like we're looking for a drummer." And I know that sounds crazy, but for whatever reason, they're they're getting to you about it. They threw darts at a dartboard. They hit my name, <laughs> Ryan Hawthorne. Of all the people. And so they're like, hey, listen, we want you to come and, you know, let's record a few tracks and just see how everything feels. And we really need someone to, uh, you know, go on tour with us and maybe record for some albums. Because Garth is putting together this big album. And they're like, this album's called Grande Amore, which is Italian for big love. Okay. (laughs) You know how Garth Brooks is. Yeah. Oh, oh, of course she is. And you're like, dude, you're like, well, heck yeah. I'll, I'll come up there like, listen, we're going to fly you out to Nashville, Tennessee. Go ahead and let everybody know you're going to be the next drummer for Garth Brooks. And so you were like hot and heavy, like telling everybody, everybody's so pumped up. Like, oh, yeah, heck yeah. Like, my man's going to be the drummer for Garth Brooks. It's like a big fanfare. Everybody sees you off. Good luck, Ryan. Good <laughs> luck out there in the big city of Nashville. And you pull up. You finally make it to the studio. You walk in there. Garth Brooks greets you at the door and hands you a, th- a big old glass of wine. He's like, hey, relax. You know, you, you don't normally drink wine, but because it's Garth Brooks, you go ahead and start drinking it. Oh, man. He's like, hey. <laughs> he goes, hey, I brother. I think I see where this might be going. And he's like, man, like, God, you're so beautiful. But you're, again, you're like, okay, well, Garth is a little eccentric, so... You know, you just look past it because you really want this gig. He's like, sit down, sit down, let's talk a minute. You know, keep on drinking that wine. And you're thinking, like, where's all, where's the band at? Where's the stupid? <laughs> why, why are we in a chicken coop? <laughs> where's the other musicians? And it's like a big, long catcher sitting on. He's like, don't worry about that. So we'll get to that. All of a sudden, he's like a big old camera. And he's like, are you photogenic? It's like, you look like a guy that would be extremely photogenic. You're so handsome. As a matter of fact, I am Garth Brooks. <laughs> and you're like, and you, and you didn't want to tell him no. You're like, yeah. So he's like, okay, listen here, you fat son of a gun. <laughs> he's like, I didn't bring you here to be my drummer. I brought you here because I want to, because I have a, a secret fat guy fetish. And I want to take a naked photograph of you laying on the couch completely naked. Uh, and here's how he's going to sell it to you. He's like, you are not going to be going on tour, tour with me. After this, we are finished. But I am going to give you $500,000 for me to take this photograph of you naked on a couch. You probably got like an apple in your mouth or like a shaw strapped over your belly. Apple in my mouth? What was he basting me like a roasted pig? I don't know. It was something, whatever Garth's into. And he's like, listen, 500000 for the photograph. 
and I'm going to give you another 500000 for this to be my album cover for his, for his new album called Grand Day of More, a.k.a. Big Love. And he's going to be like, you know, it's going to get approved because it's like artistic expression. So it can have you naked on the cover for a million dollars. However, of course, everybody's going to know you went up there. You're not going to be the drummer for Garth Brooks. But he just wanted to take some <laughs> naked photographs of you. So, being and not take all this into consideration, what would you do? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, all right. I need a few details from you. Okay, go ahead. Now, it's a naked photo. Now, are we talking album cover that's like full frontal? Yeah, it's full. I mean, it's you're out there. You're spreading on a couch, just naked as a jaybird. With and, an apple in my mouth or whatever. You know, whatever. Whatever props he wants to use. Ooh, oh, man, that is... He, Five five hundred thousand for the photo, then a million for the photo to be on this album cover called Grand Day Amore, aka Big Love. If I am being one hundred percent honest in this situation, I really truly feel like this is what my answer would be. Now of course when you're in this situation, who knows? Things change. But I really feel like this is how I would react to it. This is what I would do. If you would have told me that he is taking this photo for his own private collection <laughs> that no one else would see, I would probably say yes. I would probably do it. I mean, as horrible as that sounds, because I'm like, when else am I going to have the opportunity to and get a million bucks and also get Garth Brooks's autograph? No, it's only 500000 <laughs> for the private collection. But he gives I would you, probably still do it. He gives you the extra 500000 for the album cover, which is a million. I could always tell people, I met Garth Brooks. And now we share a terrible secret. <laughs> but to the actual album cover, I, I don't. I think I would say no. I just I don't think I'm comfortable enough with myself that I could allow that to happen. I mean, I can tell you right now, I'm definitely not. Just the thought of it just makes me shiver. <laughs> but I'm going to have to, to your actual hypothetical, I'm going to have to say no. I would just, you know, I say I can't do that, eat crow, and then go back home. Oh, so you wouldn't even do the private collection photo for 500000 You would tell him no. No, the private collection photo, I would probably do. So you will do this only for his private collection. More, I mean, when I'm in that situation, I it's think a I would. Okay, it's a yes or no, Ryan. Okay, <laughs> Yes, yes, I would. <laughs> you would let Garth Brooks take naked pictures of you after he set you up. No, nah, yes. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, I feel like we need to say we both love Garth Brooks. <laughs> and we, he has never propositioned me. Uh, this has never happened. He'll never hear this. Yeah, the sad fact is that is 100% true. Is there anything else you want to add? Man, I'm good. I got what I wanted. <laughs> okay, it is so funny that you brought Garth Brooks into this. Because my hypothetical also includes an artist. In fact, it includes a country artist. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. We don't talk about these beforehand. All right, Chris. <laughs> Let me ask you. What if you were just walking along, minding your own business, and then all of a sudden, on the radio, Alan Jackson starts to play? 
and when you hear his song start, you hear his voice, you become extremely aroused. <laughs> now let me let me make this a little more clear. You become more turned on than you ever have in your life. Like you're dizzy. Like you're about to pass out. You're so turned on and aroused <laughs> by this song. And over time, you begin to figure out and understand that 65% of the time, when you see a picture of Alan Jackson or hear his music or hear anybody talking about Alan Jackson, you become so aroused that <coughs> you just start sweating crazy heavy, turning beet red, and actually start becoming dizzy. You can barely stay on your own two feet. But only 65% of the time this happens. Whenever you see, hear, or anything to do with the country music artist, Alan Jackson. Not always, but when it hits you, it hits hard. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Now, my question to you is, how does this affect your everyday life? What do you mean, how does this affect my everyday life? As far as you going to work, going out in public, and you know there's a very good chance, a potential chance, that you could hear or see something to do with Alan Jackson. And if that happens, you're going to become noticeably aroused. So you you mean to tell me that if I'm walking out around town i hear i hear this alan jackson alan jackson song chattahoochee playing yeah but i'm gonna get a erection <laughs> basically you all of a sudden you hear a gone country <laughs> gone, gone country oh and all no. of a sudden you're like oh my goodness <laughs> that alan jackson sure knows how <laughs> yeah. to get me riled up yeah and people are looking at you like uh what's wrong with him <laughs> he's stumbling around sweating and has this creepy look on his face. <laughs> oh, he's a huge fan of Alan Jackson, if you can't tell. <laughs> you catch my drift? So what... How, how does this... What changes in your daily routine do you do to accommodate this? Alan Jackson may come out with a huge number one hit next year. Be praying Can you to God imagine that don't. happening and he's everywhere? I'll be praying to the good Lord every night. Please don't let Alan Jackson release a new album. Please. <laughs> yeah. I can't take it no more. It's already bad enough when I listen to the oldies. If he becomes relevant again, I don't know what I'll do with myself. Man, that is tough. <laughs> well, it's only it's only 65%. Yeah, not always. The rest of the time, you're just normal. But 65% of the time, it hits you. I would basically do what I do already and be self-quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't I probably like... Not that I go out and walk about now, but I would limit <laughs> everywhere I went because here in the South, you everybody listens to Alan Jackson. <laughs> yeah. uh, go ahead and play Chattahoochee real quick. No, don't do it. It's midnight in Montgomery. <laughs> oh, no. yes, it is. It is midnight in here. <laughs> Dude, oh, I would probably, man. I don't know. I'd go. I would actually probably go seek therapy. <laughs> so you would, you're telling me is you would try to get to the root of the problem? I mean, I would try to yeah get, figure out what's causing this if I can. If the symptoms for whatever this is, if the good are treatable, <laughs> I'm at first I'm gonna ask the good Lord if He'll help me out of it. 
If not, then I'm going to have to go through, through some other channels, I guess. But I, I couldn't. I don't want to live my life for it. Picture you praying about this. <laughs> Lord, please don't get let me get aroused by Alan Jackson anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually think, is that your answer? I'm being dead serious, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm not being funny. Right? I'm not even trying to make you laugh. Uh, I would seriously pray about this every <laughs> night. And not I tell a soul. The thing is, I would, too. Because I, I mean, can't, what else do you do? I can't call you and tell you about it. Like, Ryan, <laughs> dude, listen, I'm getting aroused by Alan Jackson. And it's only 65% of the time, but still, that's too much. One <laughs> percent's too much. One percent is too many times. So I couldn't tell nobody. Dude, I would, I don't know, I'd be like, I don't know what I've done. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. So if I'm understanding correctly, you would seek professional help. Probably end up on 16 different medications and try to get this under control. It seems to be the only route I could take. <laughs> oh, you could just embrace it. I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Won't work for me. The worst thing you do is tell me about this. Yeah, I would just be oh, singing. Man. I would just be singing Alan Jackson all the time. Because <laughs> we'd be like, <laughs> Ryan, we're at the China Buffet for crying out loud. Give me a break. I'm trying to help you work up an appetite. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm done with this. Okay, yeah, me too. I know, I know our hypotheticals. Really, the whole show is a little bit more colorful this week. It was really just the content we had to work with, but yeah, I think we cleaned it up pretty, pretty, pretty good, nicely. All right, everybody, we're gonna close it on out. We know we had a longer show today than normal. But we appreciate you spending the time with us. We hope you brought you some joy, distraction, entertainment. We know there's a lot going on in the world right now. But we appreciate the time that you spent with us. And we hope, you know, we hope we entertained you. Yeah, hey, uh, we're happy you come back for episode four. We hope you come on back next week for a special bonus episode. And hey, we'll see you soon. And this is the Heavy Set Podcast. Hi, everybody. Say it. Alan Jackson. Bye.